You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident fanalist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore data. Well, we did get through the entire schedule. Round of applause. Well done to everyone. And so I figured we should pick up right where we left off prior to doing all that stuff. And where did we leave off? Well, we were listening to people trying to reason and rationalize and just being really bad at it. Really bad at it. Somebody, uh, let me find out who it was here really quickly so I can do a little mini shout out. Carson, at Carson Caldwell. Looks like the two L's are ones. I don't know. It's kind of hard to to uh, see from here. But as, at Carson Caldwell sent me this little TikTok. And the TikTok is just a snippet from, it looks like a show called RTM Fantasy, which is Regression to the Mean. That's what RTM stands for. And they're talking a little bit about regression to the mean. They're talking about Christian Watson regressing. And and there's parts of this that I'm absolutely in line with, and I've, I've already talked about. For example, the amount of touchdowns he got is not replicable. But I want to play this because, again, it just goes to how embarrassing people are in their complete inability to think and how just absolutely forceful they are with their opinions Without ever even thinking to yourself, like, wow, I sound really stupid right now. I, I clearly don't know what I'm talking about. So let me just play this. It's a minute and 19 seconds in its entirety. I'll pop in a couple times and uh, comment, but it kind of speaks for itself. So the two biggest red flags that I see with Christian Watson are one, Jordan Love. Everything I read online is Jordan Love is a lot better than we think, and I just don't get it. He's never been an elite quarterback at any level. All right. Now, again, I've, I've addressed this specific point that's a you problem right that's you saying i don't know why he would have been a first round pick but he was a consensus first round pick so all you're doing is talking about your own ignorance go ask you know anybody go ask lance zerline you know go look at matt miller who said you know he needs time to sit and wait he's not going to come in as a rookie and start but he has the potential to be better than everybody in this class I'm not saying there was consensus, but the bottom line is your inability to understand what made him a good prospect has nothing to do with, should have nothing to do with what we're talking about, right? I just don't get it because he was never elite at any level. That's irrelevant. Essentially, all you're saying is everybody in the NFL scouting community and all the GMs in the NFL are wrong because when I look at it, only elite, which by the way is the reason that everybody thinks Justin Fields is going to be great because he played for a major program and was awesome. Everybody goes back to college like we know he can do it because we saw him do it in college. Well, you're an idiot. <laughs> I'm sorry. So again, this is a you problem. I, I get that it's it's a hang up and I'm sure it was a hang up for NFL scouts and for everybody else. But to, But for that to be the end of your analysis, to essentially say, I don't get it because he was never elite at any level which, again, is not necessarily entirely true. He was very good at Utah State. You're, you're probably just looking at his final year when, again, everything changed. But um, anyways, that's, again, that is a you problem. 
Bowl, and another one was his ridiculous 14% touchdown rate. That's going to regress to the mean. It was like a lot of Christian Watson's production. We had 41 catches and scored seven times. That's not sustainable. That's true. That's not sustainable. But Christian Watson was not an elite wide receiver just for that reason. That's not the only reason. The fact of the matter is, he underperformed largely based on a lack of usage. Again, you look at some of the stats, which will come up, they're really incredible stats. So yeah, the, the touchdown rate is higher than... A, well, duh. Right? And, and granted, this is a fantasy football thing, so it's important to note that his touchdown percentage will come down because it's an unattainably high uh, touchdown percentage. In fact, I'm curious about that. I mean, I'm assuming it's going to regress, but I also said the same thing about Aaron Jones because I looked at Aaron Jones' 5.5 yards per attempt, and I said that would be historically high, and he's not going to be able to maintain that. Like, one guy in history has ever done that, and and he went on to do it the exact same thing next year. So anyways, Christian Watson, I'm looking at fantasy football stats because that's where you find this kind of information. Um, he was actually third behind Jahan Dotson and Mecole Hardman. I wish there was a way to find, like, career... Just to see, like, what even it, let, let's say he's on the high end as a guy who just gets touchdowns like a madman. What would that look like? <laughs> Twenty twenty one, Lazard was thirteen point three percent. Randall Cobb was twelve point eight. Both of those are higher than what Christian Watson did last year. Twenty twenty, uh, Devonte Adams was twelve percent. So, I mean, it's clearly not impossible. I mean, this year there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. There's twelve guys in twenty twenty that were over ten percent. However. I don't see any names that are there consistently, right? That's So that's a spike that doesn't really repeat itself. But I am curious, like, what would be a high end? I don't know. It's going to regress. I'll have to do some more research and see, like, what it may regress to. It doesn't have to regress to the mean, as their title of their podcast would... Uh, I mean, again, regression to the mean varies. Regression to the mean for a team that won 13 wins doesn't mean regression to the mean for a team that maybe won 8. The Chiefs are a very good football team. You don't expect them to win eight. No, if they're going to regress back to the mean, you're looking at maybe 10-ish, 11-ish. You're always looking to pull back toward the middle a little bit, but you don't just bring everybody straight back into the middle. So the question is, if Christian Watson just is a high touchdown guy, what could that look like? We'll, we'll, we'll dive into that a little bit. But again, overall, I don't disagree with that. You expect some regression in regard to touchdowns. So that's point one. The Jordan Love thing about your in inability to comprehend that's that's a you problem the touchdown thing yes what we expect him to catch 80 balls i mean he's gonna score 14 times like that's not gonna happen christian watson and and again it can happen it's just unlikely that he duplicates that level of success so that's the first guy he is the jordan love non-believer the christian watson non-believer this is person number two who's going to illuminate why christian watson was good and then also get into the Love versus Rogers thing, which is the crux of why I'm playing this. In 2022, 6.7 yak per reception, fourth overall. He had a 14.1 ADOT, 14th overall. A 2.26 yards per route run, 11th overall. He averaged 3.25 fantasy points per touch, 13th overall. It's not Aaron Rodgers anymore. See, so uh, again, so now somebody comes in, they're like, okay. That's cute. Let's look at this one. He ranked really... Let's look at this. Let's look at this. Every metric that matters, he's a really good player. It's not just the touchdowns. So what happens? Person number one pivots away from his original argument, which is there's going to be regression, 
So now it's, well, well, that was all Aaron Rodgers. That was, Rodgers did that. It's not Rodgers anymore, he says. More than. Yeah, Sean, can you answer me a question? Does he have a Hall of Fame quarterback throwing the football still? Oh, come on. He sucked last year. Rodgers sucked last year. Come on. Rodgers was not Rodgers last year. You think Jordan... Right, so, so, so here's how this works, if we're going to be intellectuals about this. Somebody says, I think there's going to be regression because... Jordan Love will be worse than Aaron Rodgers. You should provide some level of data or analysis. Of course, they're not doing that. So person number two comes in and says, Aaron Rodgers sucked. Now, you should probably provide something for that too, but it's just kind of a back and forth conversation. So that's step two, right? The the, the idea that there's going to be massive regression because Aaron Rodgers is a quote-unquote Hall of Famer, which I'm so freaking sick of people saying that it doesn't mean anything. His career has nothing to do with last year. You're trying to comment on last year, and you're using his career as evidence. That's how you have to know that you're being a freaking liar. It doesn't make sense. Nobody would do that. Why would you do that? If you want to talk about last year, you talk about last year. Because again, we're talking about regression from last year to this year. We're specifically talking about 2022 and the impact Aaron Rodgers had on Christian Watson. That's the only thing we're talking about. Not 2021, not 2020, nothing. So why are you bringing up his career as a Hall of Famer when you're trying to illustrate 2022? Because you're you're full of crap, that's why. But again, step one, you're going from Hall of Famer, irrelevant, down to Jordan Love, no idea what that means. Person two says... Rodgers sucked last year. So now if you're going to argue that point, what do you need to do? You need to say, no, he wasn't, and then provide some context to that. Here we go. Love is going to play better than Aaron Rodgers did last year, because that's basically what you're assuming. Comparable. I think it'll be comparable. Oh, my God. This is, no, that's, in, that's insane behavior. That's insane behavior, he says. Why? Why is that insane? See, again, step two was Rodgers was bad last year. He sucked. You can't just say, that's insane, bro. I can't let you do that, bro. That's insane behavior, bro. Why? Where's, where's step three where you say, no, he wasn't bad? Here, that's ins- No, no, no. I can't <laughs> let you get away with that. I'm going to clip this and come back. <laughs> no, don't, don't clip it and come back to it. Address it right now. He's going to try. Ready? Aaron Rodgers to Jordan Love. That's it. That's the whole thing. That's his whole argument. Oh, come on. It's Aaron Rodgers to Jordan Love. You never addressed his point. And again, the fact that that was your point to begin with is stupid. Because 2022 Aaron Rodgers really was nothing special. He wasn't. Let me illuminate some things. We already started this. But let me continue this. All right? A couple days ago, we went through the stable quarterback metrics, and I demonstrated to you that Aaron Rodgers didn't grade out well in any one of these quarterback in any one of these situations. In every single one of these is when things are going well. He ranked 33rd when there was no pressure. This is an EPA per attempt. He ranked 30th when he was standing in the pocket. He ranked 12th on um, no play action plays, early downs. 31st on first down, first, second, and third quarter. He ranked 37th. With layup throws. This is a big one because with all these other... Well, yeah, well, he doesn't have wide receivers. He doesn't have this. He doesn't have that. The worst metric he has here is when he had layup throws, which is wide open wide receivers. This is what Packer fans were screaming about all last year. The guy's effing standing there. He's just standing there. He ranked 37th on and layup throws. 
Justin Fields was 39th for crying out loud. He was Justin Fields bad in layup throws. Continuing, 23rd when he threw with 2.5 seconds or less per attempt. 27th when he was throwing between the 20s. That's where he ranked. Not once was he even top 10. Only once was he top 20. And three out of the six that are there, he was outside of the top 30. Now let's look at the less stable quarterback metrics, right? Well, maybe this will be better. This is when things break down. This is why you have an Aaron Rodgers, right? He knows how to handle stress. He knows how to handle all of this stuff. Let's take a look at how well he did at handling these things. His best metric in this entire thing was when he was playing outside of the pocket. You know where he ranked? 22nd. That's his best metric. His second best metric in everything here, good and bad situations, is 22nd. So that means, let's see, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7. So there's actually 7. I was wrong. I thought there was 6. So there's 14 different metrics. Once he ranks inside of the top 20. One time. He ranked 22nd when throwing outside of the pocket. Davis Mills was 26th. Jameis Winston, 27th. Mike White was 25th. Andy Dalton was 21st. This is, these are the guys he's hanging out with. And that's his best one when things are not going well. His second best metric is when he was being blitzed. He ranked 27th. 27th when being blitzed. Third best metric, play action passes. He ranked 28th. 28th. Then, after that, he's tied. Um, when under pressure... In EPA per attempt, he ranked 31st. Passes over 2.5 seconds per attempt, he ranked 31st. In the fourth quarter, when we desperately needed some help, but the Packers were terrible, Aaron Rodgers ranked 32nd. Um, let's see, what else? Final two, ready? Inside the red zone, kind of a critical situation here. Aaron Rodgers ranked 35th and then finally third and fourth down all the money downs right boy those those third down and and fours when we're launching 20 yard rockets how did that all pan out aaron Rodgers ranked 40th again hanging out with davis mills i mean those two are identical in almost every single metric the only literally let me compare Rodgers to davis mills in these categories under pressure davis mills 22nd aaron Rodgers 31st Outside the pocket, Davis Mills 22nd, Rogers 22nd, uh, 26th, Rogers 22nd. Play action, Davis Mills 23rd, Rogers 28th. Being blitzed, Mills 28th, Rogers 27th. Third and fourth down, Mills 39th, Rogers 40th. Fourth quarter, Mills 34th, Rogers 32nd. Over 2.5 seconds per attempt, Aaron Rodgers, or excuse me, Davis Mills 28th, Rogers 31st. Inside the red zone, Davis Mills 36th, Rodgers 35th. Freaking Davis Mills was our quarterback when things weren't going well, which was probably most of the season. Also, these are critical situations. Red zone, third and fourth down, fourth quarter. This is chaotic behavior. I can't let you get away with that. He's a Hall of Famer. That moron sounds like uh, 
Man, my family's obsessed with that guy. What's his name? Uh, Pigeon Toady. Cool, bro. You catch the game last night. Excellent oh, yeah. play. Real great game. <laughs> yeah, too bad about the last quarter. <laughs> yeah, that was too bad. Real bummer. <laughs> and yet then with a little time lapse, we pulled it out. Totally. Yeah. Only to lose it again in the last second. Such a disappointment. It was a come down. Only to get it back. Best day of my life. Only to lose it. Worst day of my life. Only to get it back. The roller coaster of a game. Only to lose it again. <laughs> what a game. Here we go. See you later. Bye. Cool, no big deal. Wait, wait a second. That was no game last night. What the? That's all I'm hearing. Cobra, chaotic behavior, bro. See my girlfriend? She's real. And, and, and this is, this is, this is the problem that I'm having. This is, this is where I get stuck. Because this is actually how people think. These guys have a podcast dealing in fantasy. And fantasy is a different deal. Right? You can do what I'm doing and just be like, yeah, bro, cool, bro, whatever, man, Rogers and love. Ah. You can do that and just say whatever nonsense you want. It's, I got the easiest job in the world here. But fantasy, there's like math involved and stuff. Like you have to be kind of intelligent. You're a fantasy football guy. And somebody says Rogers wasn't good last year. And all you can come back with is, whoa, there's no way, bro, that can't be. Chaotic behavior, bro. Pack it in, man. Time to be done. No more podcasts for you. Hand it over to somebody that gives a crap about reality. I'm never taking fantasy football advice from a guy who thinks the way he thinks. It's dumb. You need to have information. And even listen, fantasy football to me, it's 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 a lot of fun. And I'm I'm starting to I'm starting to get a little bit of that FOMO, you know, fear of missing out. I'm kind of getting nostalgic about it. Like, oh man, I remember I used to love fantasy. I was so insane about fantasy football. I had spreadsheets out before, like, there was a lot of stuff you could just pay for to do all that work for you. But I'm, I, it was stupid, the levels that I went to, to be really good at fantasy football. The data that I got and the hours I spent, hours to try to do projections for players, even still. I think fantasy football people are not serious people when they try to cross from fantasy football into, like, real football. And that's just because fantasy is a whole different world. And I, and I think that's probably part of the reason why you got guys who are super high on Justin Fields. I haven't even honestly looked at it, but now that I think about it, that just makes the absolute most sense. I'm just looking at it right now. He is sixth as a Tier 2 quarterback. Obviously, that's debatable. Talk to Jacob about it. That's his realm. I don't know, but... That's that's the point. When somebody like me comes along and says, Justin Fields is horrifically bad, and fantasy football people are like, you're out of your mind, he was the sixth best quarterback. I'm, I'm sure they were just, he was crushing it in terms of fantasy football points, and that's where fantasy people, which, let's be honest, I'm guessing the vast majority of people that watch football play fantasy football. And it's probably a big part of the reason why nobody actually understands real football. The small proportion of people that don't play fantasy football are probably just less interested in football than fantasy football people. I'm in the very rare minority of people that are very interested in football and don't play fantasy. But again, if you want me to take you seriously, I need information. Prove to me Aaron Rodgers was good. Here, let, let, let me give you an idea of what data looks like. Let's look at location and coverage quarterback metrics using EPA per attempt. Once again, we got a third sheet here. Okay, he'll do better this time. Ready? Against man coverage, Aaron Rodgers ranked 37th. Oh, crap. I don't think that's a good thing. Jameis Winston was 35th. Mac Jones was 34th. Eee. Okay. Well, let's keep going here. Zone coverage against zone, he ranked 16th. 
So that's the second time now I think he's been in the top 20. Still no top 10s. Zone coverage, 16th. Against two high, two high defenses, he ranked 26th. Do you know Mike White ranked third in that category? Even Mike White has a top five. Mike freaking White. How about throwing between the numbers, 26th? How about outside the numbers, 35th? How about short passes, 40th? How about medium passes, 13th? How about deep passes, 27th? Let's look at some other stuff, that uh, sharp football thing here. Looking at the Green Bay Packers. We'll, we'll look at the team as a whole a little bit more, but let's just scroll down a little bit. He says, A number of oddities occurred last season that I didn't predict. Aaron Rodgers interceptions. Aaron Rodgers struggles with clean, clean pocket and whatnot. Uh, Aaron Rodgers target depth. He says, let's start with this stat on interceptions. Only three times in NFL history has a quarterback not named Aaron Rodgers thrown 500 pass attempts with five or fewer interceptions in a season. Three times. But five times Aaron Rodgers has thrown 500 pass attempts with five or fewer interceptions in a season, including four years in a row, 2018, 19, 20, 20, and 2021. Rodgers was throwing 500 plus times with five or fewer interceptions year after year after year until 2022. Last year, Rodgers threw 542 times, tossing a whopping 12 interceptions. That's three more interceptions than 2020 and 2021 combined, and one fewer interception than 2019, 2020, and 2021 combined. Absolutely wild, he says. In prior years, Rodgers primarily threw interceptions in late-down situations. In 2019, 20, and 2021 uh, combined, he threw just two interceptions on first down. He didn't press. He knew what to do with the ball, and he realized there were still two more downs if his first down pass were to fall as an incompletion. Worst case, he lived to play another down. But last year, Rodgers threw five interceptions on first down alone. If you think about things as I do, you immediately are curious about what time of game these first down interceptions came. Were they in the fourth quarter or late third quarter trying to play his team back into a game they were going to lose without his magic? Actually, it was the opposite. Four out of the five were in the first half of the game. Rodgers was throwing interceptions on first down in the first half. Extremely uncanny and, and uncanny, and the Packers lost three of those four games. Their only win was over the Mayfield-led Rams. Eight of 12 interceptions came when Rodgers was unpressured. Eight of 12 interceptions came when Rodgers was targeting wide receivers. Seven of 12 interceptions came due to an inaccurate pass. Six of 12 interceptions came on passes thrown within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage. I knew the passing game would be more of a problem than most everyone else predicted, but I didn't expect Rodgers to throw 12 interceptions. We know that Aaron Rodgers claimed to break his thumb on his throwing hand on the final play of Week 6's loss to the Jets. I love that he throws claim in there. That's kind of funny. We know the Packers lost five of their next six games before winning four of their final five. How much of Rodgers' poor play should we attribute to that injury? Because it sure sounds like a broken thumb on your hand is a problem. Well, Rodgers threw three interceptions in the first four games of the year without an injury. And if he recovered late in the season, and that's why they won their games down the stretch, that doesn't explain why he threw three interceptions in the final four games of the year when the injury would have been most healed. Certainly, Rodgers' EPA per attempt did hit a three-week struggle from week seven through nine. He posted negative EPAs per attempt in each game, losses to the Commanders, Bills, and Lions. But he had one of his best games of the season against the Cowboys week 10 um, and recorded positive EPA per attempt against the Titans the very next week. But Rodgers posted negative EPA per attempt on three of his first four games of the year as well. So yes, I'd say the broken thumb impacted his performance, but I also don't believe it's what caused the majority of his struggles. Now, to be clear, the broken thumb has no bearing on what I'm personally talking about. It's an interesting tidbit. I think he was better before the injury. I know he was struggling. 
but I think you can generally see that. But he is also bringing up some good points. He was still not Aaron Rodgers prior to the broken thumb. And he was still not Aaron Rodgers at the end of the season either. So when the team picked up steam, was it because his thumb got better? Well, if that's the case, then why was he still bad? Or did the team get better despite Aaron Rodgers down the stretch? But again, this is all irrelevant. Aaron Rodgers could have been the most elite quarterback in the history of the world if not for the broken thumb, and it doesn't change the point that I'm trying to make. The point that I'm trying to make is, regardless of the reason, he was bad. Uh, let's continue, shall we? You know what? Let's not. Let's take a break, and we'll continue this in a minute. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy slab packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. All right, let us continue on now, okay? Because today is going to be the definitive guide to freaking knock it off with this garbage that there's going to be a massive drop-off between Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love simply because Aaron Rodgers' career is that of a Hall of Famer. Because in 2022, he was not an elite quarterback. He was not what a Hall of Fame quarterback looked like. You could argue he was not even a mediocre quarterback, if you so choose. Let us continue on with some of the more uh, some, some of the data that we have here. Data that we have here, not just, come on, brah, come on, oh, brah. This is madness. This is crazy. I can't let you get away with that, brah. Garbage. One of the above stats transitions into my next shock about the 2022 season, and that was Rodgers' struggles when unpressured. Here were Rodgers' ranks the prior two years when unpressured. 
2021, number one in EPA per attempt, number two in success rate, number six in yards per attempt. In 2020, number four in EPA per attempt, number eight in success, number nine in yards per attempt. In those two years combined, Rodgers ranked as the number one quarterback in the NFL when he didn't have pressure. Compare his stats from those two years to 2022. 2020 to 2021, he had a plus 0.43 EPA per attempt, 57% success rate, 8.5 yards per attempt. Compared to 2022, he dropped from a 0.43 EPA to a 0.1 EPA, 57% success rate down to a 48% success rate, and 8.5 yards per attempt down to 7.1 yards per attempt. He dropped to 32 in EPA per attempt, 29 in success rate, and 30th in yards per attempt. He says, for fun, again, not the main point I'm trying to make, but it is a very important point to make, period, because it's still an argued point. For fun, I looked at the 2022 season for Rodgers when unpressured pre- and post-thumb injury. Pre-thumb injury, 0.1 EPA per attempt. Post-thumb injury, 0.11 EPA per attempt. Identical. Pre-thumb injury, 48% success rate. Post-thumb injury, 46% success rate. So it did get worse, but essentially exactly the same. 7 yards per attempt compared to 7.1 yards per attempt. Again, it got better, but basically a tie. And then... Uh, 5% touchdown rate went to a 5.3% touchdown rate. So he actually got better after he broke his thumb in EPA per attempt, yards per attempt, and touchdown rate. The only area that he got worse was success rate. All of them were basically tied, so it's kind of irrelevant either way. But again, it's kind of difficult, depending on what metrics you're looking at, to definitively say MVP Rodgers became bad Rodgers because of the broken thumb. I personally still think it was a big part of it, but I also do not think if he didn't break his thumb, he would have been MVP. He came into the year without giving a crap, and at the end of the year, he said he wanted to retire because he didn't want to do this crap anymore. Quote, unquote. Those are his words. Now, yes, he could still be very good with the Jets. Why? Motivation. Not, you know, because he doesn't have a broken thumb. If he went into the Jets season the same way he went into the Packers season last year, he would have been a bad quarterback. I'm convinced of that. The only reason I believe in Rodgers is because he's Rodgers and he cares. That's really the only two things he needs, unless, you know, physically he's just breaking down, but I don't think that's going to happen. But again, none of this has to do with anything in regards to people who believe that if, if you say Rodgers was not good last year, you're being crazy. There is no evidence anywhere... That suggests Rodgers was good. I can't find a single metric. There might be one or two in which Rodgers is good. Let's call it top 10, which is just top third. I think maybe like big play percentage or something he might be in there. I don't know. The vast majority of metrics have him outside of the top 20. Very, very few, if any, are top 10. What the heck? This is basically what we're doing today, so let's look at it. Let's go back through. We've looked at a few of these. Let's continue. Completion percentage, he was 23rd. Yards, he was 11th. Getting warmer. Yards per attempt, he was 25th. Uh, let's see, touchdowns, 10th. So he was he was there. Um, interceptions, 31st. Uh, let's see, PFF grade, 14th. PSF passing grade, 10th. Yeah, big time throw percentage, he was third. Just one spot behind Mitch Trubisky. Turnover worthy play percentage was 15th. Average depth of target was 16th. Adjusted completion percentage is 15th. NFL passer rating, he was 17th. 
Um, his PFF grade on deep passes, which is hilarious because this whole thing about, you know, there's no way Jordan Love will ever be able to get those freaking dots that Rodgers was throwing. He ranked 25th, okay? 25th was his PFF grade on deep throws. Uh, let's see, his PFF grade for play action was 10th, non-play action 16th. Take a look at a couple different SIS metrics here. Um, total points earned. They don't number these, so that makes it tough, but let me just count it. Total points earned is, it's cumulative, but he played the whole year, so it's fine. He ranked 17th, and actually it works to his advantage, because Justin Fields is actually one spot behind him, and he only played 15 games. So if Justin Fields played two more games, he probably would have had more in terms of total points earned. Obviously not a passing metric, it's total, well, total points. Let's see, what else we got here? Touchdown percentage, he was 14th. Interception percentage, he was 22nd. On target passes, how many of his passes were on target? He ranked 21st. How many of his passes were catchable? He ranked 23rd. One spot behind Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, Completed air yards, 14th. Average throw depth, 25th. And then points earned just from passing, 16th. So essentially, Adam is the 16th best passer. Are we convinced or should we keep going? Let's keep going. Why not? Because apparently some people still aren't convinced. Let's keep going. How about looking at football outsiders? Their DYAR ranking. He ranked 16th, YAR 15th, DVOA 21st, VOA 20th, quarterback rating 27th. Anybody? Anybody home? How about we switch over to Pro Football Reference? They've got a pile of advanced stats here that they pull from a different, similar to like SIS and PFF, but, uh, you know, it'll give us a different perspective on what this third company has to say. How about intended air yards per pass attempt? Aaron Rodgers was 13. I'm just pulling obscure garbage that doesn't even really matter. It's not like intended air yards per pass attempt really means anything, but I'm just looking for any area in which he excelled. How about completed air yards per pass attempt? He ranked 26th. Bad throw percentage, 13th, 13th lowest, that is. They do have his on-target percentage second, which is vastly different than what SIS has to say, but there you go. So that is the only metric so far that he's top five in. Anyways, that's about all I can find here. I mean, come on, man. Are, are, are we going to be freaking serious? Or, or is the depth of our knowledge and understanding and, and rationality going to be, come on, bro, his name's Aaron Rodgers, bro. Hall of Famer, Aaron Rodgers, Hall of Famer, Hall of Famer, Aaron Rodgers, Rodgers, Hall of Famer. I was listening to a show today. Um, I will not name the show, but it is a Packers show. And there was talk once again about the mathematical impossibility of getting three in a row. I mean, come on, man. I mean, this this has to be, is, is this even high school mathematics that we're talking about? I mean, in my mind, this is common sense. The Packers... <laughs> I know, I know I don't need to explain this to you, and I've already done this several times, but, but let me just try this again. Maybe there's some new people here. It's that French chef that I was watching make some amazing food. But every single episode, he explains things, and then he apologizes for explaining things, and then explains that the reason he keeps explaining these things, even though he's already explained these things, is because of X amount of new subscribers they get every day, which he calls subscribe. He's French. I love that guy. Anyways, let, let me... Make this very clear. If you're saying that it's impossible that a team gets, not nearly, not really impossible, but the the likelihood is extremely low that Jordan Love is good. And the reason is because you ran the calculations 
fake calculations in your head on what are the odds that a team gets three in a row, then I would say you're not very smart because you ran the, ran the wrong calculation. The odds Jordan Love is good and the odds that the Packers get three Hall of Fame quarterbacks in a row are not the same thing. The Packers aren't trying to get three Hall of Fame quarterbacks in a row. So why are you running the calculations on what it would take for the Packers to get three Hall of Fame quarterbacks in a row? It's the wrong calculation. The Packers aren't trying to get three in a row. We've already got two. So in order to get three in a row, we just need one. Which, as I've said before, the, the probability that the Packers get one and the probability that the Carolina Panthers, who just drafted a quarterback, get one. Let's just pretend the quarterbacks are exactly equal. Let's leave out the part about everything else. Just, just talking mathematical probability on any team getting any Hall of Famer. Do you know what the probabilities are? Exactly the same. Because we're just talking about getting one. There is no mathematical cosmic god of the universe who looks down and says, You've already gotten two. Three is too hard. I shall make this too hard for you to get. This is common sense. This is statistics 101, dude. If I flip a coin nine times and it comes up tails nine times, do you know what the odds of me flipping tails is? 50-50. It's 50-50. You don't run the whole calculation as though I've not flipped it once. That's stupid. But we've got major Packers people. I'm talking like major Packers reporters on their program saying things like, do you know the mathematical probability of getting three in a row? It's impossible. Well, do you know the mathematical probability of getting one after you've already had two? Sounds like you don't. What has happened in the past has nothing to do with Jordan Love. It's just a question of, is Jordan Love going to be good? And you appealing to this mythical force in the universe that, that appeals to the laws of mathematics and will not allow anything improbable to happen, which apparently is what you're doing, is nonsense. And it's beyond frustrating at this point that I'm listening to people talk about Jordan Love can't be good because Rodgers and Favre were. Or, you know, Jordan Love's not going to be good because Rodgers is a Hall of Famer, which doesn't even make sense. Or the team is definitely going to be worse because you're going from a Hall of Famer to Jordan Love because they don't understand that his career has nothing to do with what he did in 2022. The depths of stupidity are unbelievable, and yet I'm hearing it over and over and over and over, and it is the majority opinion. And again, you get a guy getting browbeaten. I, I don't see how I didn't see how the rest of that video went, but you've got a guy just losing his mind going, Oh, I can't let you get away with that. And he just hangs his head and, and giggles to himself as though, oh boy, I'm gonna get it now. Stand there and look at him like, are you are you seriously gonna do this right now? You seriously are this stupid? You don't know what you're walking into? But again, he hangs his head. Oh, I know, I know. <laughs> now that you say it like that, you sure convinced me, boy oh boy. I was I was deep into the statistics and the analytics and, you know, my own freaking eyes. But when you sit there and go, Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame, Aaron Rodgers, how dare you, bro? Come on, bro. This is madness, bro. I can't let you get away with that, bro. You really convinced me, man, you know? Like now, now I'm I'm seeing what you're saying, and I'm starting to come around to it a little bit. Again, I don't give a crap about the thumb or how he's going to do as a Jet. That's not the point. The point of this is the idea that Jordan Love cannot live up to what Aaron Rodgers did in 2022 is stupid. If you want to say it's unlikely that he can replicate what Rodgers did in 2020, okay, that's fine. It is unlikely. 
By the way, I'm not saying that based on any of the nonsense about him not being a good football player. That's just based on statistics. It's unlikely Fields will ever see that. It's unlikely Anthony Richardson will ever be that. The odds of any... Take Caleb Williams. The odds that he's going to win the MVP are low. The odds that Pat Mahomes was ever going to win the MVP were low. The odds that Aaron Rodgers were ever going to win MVP or be a Hall of Famer were low. That's just completely irrelevant. Oh, he probably won't be a Hall of Famer. Well, crap, then I guess we better not even draft a quarterback. Just abject stupidity, ladies and gentlemen. Anyways, I'm going to leave it at that. You guys have a good rest of your day. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.